importance of being an artist beyond all like the thinking and the great stuff about it is making tiny repetitive lines over and over and over again for hours. That's what being an artist is. It's so much fucking donkey work, as well as, you know, the metaphysics and the ecstasy and all that bullshit. Art is fucking boring to do all day, but that's how you make it. We're not live. Can you scream? We're not live. We're not live. Okay. We got our wine. We're ready to go. Welcome to the Creative Weirdos podcast slash live, not live show. <laughs> it's not live this week because we figured all the shit from last time was uh, was enough for us to deal with. So we're here uh, in, stu- in studio right now. So yeah. What's up, my Creative Weirdo. <laughs> It is a good time to be alive. Uh, is it? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. There's a lot of possibilities in the air. Yeah, there's so much things going on. For in the some world. people, anyway. <laughs> no, for everybody. I say for everybody. At least if you perceive it that way. Um, That's true, actually. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk about any of the, like, um, shorting, stock market, whatever, but... Yeah, I'm, uh, the whole... GameStop thing, which sounded awesome, but it ended terribly. Yeah. How did it end terribly? What am I missing? Uh, Robinhood, the app, yeah, the yeah. stock app, you know, became a dick, and you know, listen yeah, to the yeah, rich, yeah. they ri- listened to the rich yeah. people, and they froze no, the stock from yeah. trading. So I wouldn't say that ended terribly completely. I yeah. would say that ended terribly for some people, uh, not so much for others, but it definitely showed a lot of the. Um, issues that are that have been already going on for a very long time in yeah. that industry that yeah it's hilarious because the name robin hood mm-hmm. and giving taking from the rich giving yeah, to the poor yeah i think everybody felt the irony real <laughs> strongly with that one that was really funny but the best part is i was actually looking into uh opening up an account with them because they were like touted as you know like but you couldn't like, as a canadian though i didn't know that actually because people years, were talking so. about it and i was like oh, okay i'll look into this oh for, okay, well, for, we can do Wealth Simple. I don't know. I have Wealth Simple, yeah. Okay, you know what? We're not going to do an advertisement We're for not any of these simple. people. I haven't used them. I'm not going to say that's good <laughs> or bad. But they themselves also froze those stocks. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. They just followed suit. They Look, didn't... I don't, I don't know enough to speak to how these things work and who's, like, really controlling them or whatever, but I know they're all, like, connected to the bank, so they're not going to do anything that's outside of the norm for financial institutions in this country, so... <laughs> You know, I, I'm not really, like, I wasn't expecting them to be like, hey, guys, guess what? We're going to be, like, the outliers here. Nope. Um, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, this week, or today, or whatever time means these days, we're going to be talking... Whenever you're listening to this. Whenever, whenever you're listening to this. So, we're going to be talking about professionalism as a creative. I guess we sort of touched on that. If anybody could hear anything in our last recording... We vaguely touched on the idea of, like, what does it take to be a creative in, or, sorry, what does it take to be a creative? Yes. What does it take to be a professional in the creative field, um, in a variety of creative fields? But I guess we will speak specifically to what we have experiences in. And I think that it pretty much is across the board the same. Like, I have a feeling if you ask people who work in a majority of 
these kinds of industries. It's going to be like across the board, pretty much same kinds of characteristics. Probably not the same skill sets, but um, yeah. similar kinds of personalities and things like that. Yeah, it takes a. It, it, there's a lot of factors that go into just solving a problem creatively. So. True. Well, that's that's one of the and things. And that's that's a, that's usually a universal thing throughout all creatives. Yeah. The skill sets and the mediums change. Right. Uh, and the approach to certain things. But overall, being a creative's solving a problem. I, I, the way at least I, the way I view it. Is. But is that does that is that different for a professional versus a hobbyist? Like you're still solving problems even if you're doing it for yourself, right? Yeah, you're still solving whether it's financial, whether it's a tool you're using, yeah. or you know, you need to choose whether you're going to use digital or physical. Right. So there's these you got to solve these problems. Does it work for you in this way in the long run? You're kind of you know. I always, I always say MacGyvering something. Okay, so this is actually kind of what I think you're talking about, and of course, stop me if I'm if I'm like pulling this out of my ass. But um, Who cares? are we allowed to it. say ass? Yes, you can. I don't know what we've decided on yet. We can't go too vulgar, but we when can we had when we had a podcast, we were allowed to say whatever we wanted because we were X rated or R rated. We're still on this one, but even though we're technically we're educational. Well, no, we can't because YouTube will demonetize immediately. So if in the future we're planning to make any money off of this, we can't say certain swear words. We can say ass. We can't we say, can say a say lot shit. of things. We act, yeah okay. We're not a children's channel. That's true. yeah. But there's a lot of things that we can't actually talk about. Um, on yes. YouTube, and that's not even a matter of like adult stuff. It's literally like you can't say the c word that's yes. happening to all of us. Yes, all of us right now. We can't <laughs> acknowledge the reality of a global c word. The hokey pokey, <laughs> as they used to call it back. Okay, so yeah, that we can't talk about that, but we can talk about other things. Actually, next. I think our next episode, just a teaser, might be about um, pandemic life for <laughs> for us creatives and like what what the pandemic taught us specifically. Uh, yeah, so I would say like the question here is, what is the difference between a professional versus somebody who just does it like for fun or as a hobby? Wow. Is do you think there's a difference first and foremost? Um. To a certain degree, yes. Okay, no, no, no. Let's not be wishy-washy about No, this. it is kind of because you have to also understand um, being deemed as professional is most likely associated with just making a living out of it. This is your primary... Okay, so that's the first thing that most people usually, associate is making money off of making it. Making money off of it, and that's your, usually your so primary let's, income. So let's stick to that. Let's yeah. stick to the idea, and I'm not even talking about a primary income because I think there's a lot of professional whatever that don't make just income off of their art, which is quite unfortunate, but um, I would definitely say that you should be making some money off of your art. Yeah. So that's like the first kind of touchstone of a professional is you should be able to monetize or financially gain off of or just make enough or not even enough, but you should make some money off of your art. Yeah, yeah. Meaning uh, you're making money off your skill set being yes. a creative. Uh, True. But there are people that are... I say art because that's like what yeah. I do, but like, yeah, let's just translate there, There's that. people that are proficient that are right. not making money or decide not to make money, right. but are still professionals. I wouldn't, I don't know about that. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's all about how society views them at the end of the day. Think about it. Well, I'm not talking about just how, yes, you're right. As like Each society will view. So no, no, no. For accounting reasons, professional means somebody who makes yes. money off of something. On the book stuff, yes. On the books. Overall. So the definition of professional in most of the world, if not the whole world pretty much, means being able to make money off of something. Yes. Right? And if it's not money, then at least you can make a living in other ways. If you barter, 
in your economy, I would say you're still a professional artist if you manage to make a living off of that, right? So mm -hmm. whether that's money or whether that's like you get something in return, you should be able to get value from the work that you put out. I so agree. can we agree on that? I agree on that, yeah. Okay, so so first and foremost, you have to you have to put out something of value and you have to get back something in return for it. Mm -hmm. Cool. We'll take money out yeah, of that yeah. equation. There's, there's, but that's why I was, but also that's why I was like a little bit yes and no. I agree on that aspect. But then, like I said, there's other people that are not making their money off of it, but were professionals at one point. But they're they the professionals now. That's Maybe. what I'm saying. Look, if somebody, oh. okay, if someone has was doing art for 10 years, let's say from the age of like 20 to 30, mm -hmm. right? They're just like the most prolific artist. Mm -hmm. And then they stop. Just stop. They don't make anything else from mm -hmm. the age of 30 to 40. Yeah. I would argue that they are not a professional from the ages of 30 to 40. That doesn't mean they're not skilled. That doesn't mean they're not See, craftsmen. The thing, when, when does it... When when are you not a professional? Is it... Here's the thing, though. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Because if you become a professional, there's many ways. Like I said, it depends on... See this little thing, how society views you, how, and on the, you said on the books, on the legal aspect of right. things. Sometimes there's people that are not necessarily professionals, but by being in a field, even though they're not good, mm. they're still seen as a professional, just by being associated with a certain thing, well, and a certain field. I think that's a legitimate question. Like That's all, that's all there's a little gray it, area in certain Just aspects. because you're not good at something does not mean you're not a professional in that field. And I think what I'm talking about is not necessarily being the best at something. I'm talking about how do you, I think we should focus on how can you become more professional at whatever it is that you're doing as okay. a creative? That's, is that a that's, better that's, question? That's, yes, that's a better question. Okay. That's more of an approach rather that, I than think being, we should focus being, on that. being labeled something. Fair. I mean, we had to get here somehow, right? So yeah. like, we're just taking a slightly longer road to get True, to some True, but that's, that's how things uh, go. Exactly. Right? So, okay, so then to that question, to that end, what would you say? Like, how do you become a professional at whatever it is that you're doing? Quality and efficiency. Mm, okay. Maybe not, maybe not in terms of, it's maybe not on your end in, in terms of process, but in terms of delivering. Okay, because so end result, let's then, break that down. Yeah. Let's break that down. So I would say quality and efficiency. That's two separate things. So let's start with quality mm. so would you say that there's a certain level that you have to be at in whatever you do to be a professional or to, or to be professional at it not to be a professional but to become professional yes what's that level how do we distinguish that i think it comes down to proficiency like, well like how like, do you how figure how that you, out it's hard to figure out because like i said there's in different fields it's, it's how good great. do you have to be how no 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 but like concretely yeah, yeah. right how good okay. do you have to be before you can consider becoming a professional at something if you can repeat the process consistency consistency okay i think that's that's a good one so yeah. first and foremost be consistent in mm -hmm. the work that you do yes and i think that's actually a very very good point because i think when you're first i'll speak for myself and then you can speak for yourself for me, when I was first getting into art, um, like when I was in my teens, probably, I feel like I, and even up until recently, I feel like there were so many things that I wanted to do, right? And like, I wanted to 
do this, do that, do the third. Even in, when I was just focusing on art, like I wanted to like paint, but I also wanted to illustrate, but I also wanted to do fashion illustration, and I also wanted to do design illustrations. But maybe sometimes I would also do architectural drawings, and yeah. sometimes I would do interior drawings. Like, you know, it's just, it's too much. And the problem with that for me was that then I never became consistent in the type of work that I was doing. So it took me a long time to be able to seem professional in whatever I was doing because it's like, well, okay. I have a bunch of different work and a bunch of different things. So even if I'm good at all those different things, I don't think I was a professional at any one of those things. See, that's that's the thing too. Like I said, there's, okay, in the eyes of others is one thing, but in your, you, you have to know what it, okay, here's the thing. It also, coming back to- I don't think professional equates to good. Let me make no, that it doesn't, clear. No, it doesn't. There's a lot of professional people that don't create good work. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. Right? Like, there's so many There's so many people that are very good at doing a variety of things, but they're not professionals at it. Mm -hmm. So I think you hit on a super, super important point, which is consistency. And, like, picking something to be consistent in. Yes. I don't think that means you have to never do anything else again, but, like... Yeah, yeah. It's like the... Like, I remember it, was, it used to be frowned upon. I think it kind of still is, but... Not to an extent that it used to be, like, being a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. And there's an, there's an, back then it made sense. Mm -hmm. Because if you honed one skill and you're really good at it. Yeah. Because also the world wasn't rushing in the way it is. That's also a good point. You know it's know changing I mean? now. So the world is changing. So being a jack-of-all-trades is actually a benefit. Because you're constantly adapting. And if one thing doesn't work, but what it comes down to in that way, for at least the way I'm looking at it is, when you're a jack-of-all-trades master of nothing, yeah. there has to be a consistent through line I agree. in your work. I agree. Whatever medium it is. I think that's a theme question. So I think, and that's like, it's, it's interesting because I think that really delves into another thing, which is like, how can you be a professional in something more subjective, like let's say visual arts or conceptual mm -hmm. arts or like digital art even, right? There's so much more... Yeah. There's so much less consistency within that field in itself. There, and there's so many different directions you can go in. Sorry, go There ahead. are people that are digital artists that are actually very consistent. For sure. Very professional. And but I'm saying digital media is a wide breadth of things. It is. Because it is. It's a relatively new thing as well. Yeah. And especially in this current, like, and we're into, you know, dating yeah. this uh, video. But at least we're in 2021. Oh, my God. That's you know, so insane. I know. But... <laughs> to talk about how digital art in itself has went from taking a physical thing and scanning it back in the days, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, to yeah. having actual tools to do digital work, like digital pens and whatever, Photoshop, you name it, right? All these tools. Yeah. To... I'm remembering when those, like, tablets first came out. Oh, the, my God. Um, we all wanted it? them. Wacom. Yeah, there's Wacom. There was a pre-Wacom tablet was. that was not obviously as good. And it was, it was an Apple okay. thing. I think it was either Apple or one no, of the other uh, Microsoft-based... It was either that or its own company. I forgot which I think one I'm was. thinking of its own company. There was it was its, its own, own but that was a computer specifically made for graphic work. I think I'm thinking you're thinking of something else. I'm talking about there was a there was like a tablet company that was I think or maybe before. Maybe I'm talking about way Wacom. before. Remember this is way before. Remember Macromedia became yeah. Photoshop when Adobe yeah. absorbed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it so, was the same thing. I think Wacom got taken over by Autodesk or somebody. Somebody or, took over. I don't remember. I all those things are confusing. But yeah, to so me these now. tools evolved to the point where now digital uh, art is you know bought art, copy and pasted, you name it. Like it's, it varies from very traditional but with digital tools to yeah. very copy and pasted. 
or computer generated images. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. And yeah, it's going off kind of off on. No, no. I I think the point is just that like it's more difficult, at least what I'm getting is it's mm. way more difficult to establish not even just professionalism, but because it's such a new field, like mm -hmm. digital media in general, digital art, all that. Yes, it's been like 20 years, more than that. Yeah, it's like slightly... it's starting towards 30 years now for the people that started really early. Yeah, well, yeah. But I would say like we're looking at a good 20 years good 20. of solid digital art, digital media becoming a thing. Because like at that point we were kids, but like we were even getting into it. Which yeah, elementary school yeah. and middle school and high school there was digital art and digital media. Yeah, I took those classes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. like, and I mean, whatever. We might have been early adopters, but there were other early adopters and like oh, that professionally. Was, Professionally, in, in the industry, the industry. and there were people who now have been doing that kind of work for like 20 plus years. Oh, yeah. But I think it's still a relatively new field. Unlike, for example, like, I always go back to this, but like painting mm -hmm. is a more established thing. And that's why there's a sort of different sense of how to navigate within that world. And it depends, of course, it's changing too, because part of art is moving into digital realms anyway. And that's yeah. changing a lot of that kind of thing. But I think there is kind of like a... <sighs> I lost my thread. <laughs> Look, physical art and digital art have different values. And yeah. that in itself is changing. Yeah. You know? Where physical art is a physical thing, meaning there's one of that, unless it's a printed thing. I'm not talking about value. I'm talking about learning the tech specifically. So like... It's because I think it's still changing so so rapidly, mm -hmm. like learning digital media stuff, that makes you a professional in a different way than, for yes. example, operating within a, a standard or traditional studio, atelier, whatever kind of environment. That's a different professionalism than I, digital professionalism, right? Yeah, because there's a learning for people that were, you know, very physical in the physical realm of yeah. doing physical things. The learning curve for digital, being proficient and professional in the digital world, there's a learning curve for different people. And it depends right. on what they grew up with and how computer savvy they are. Yeah. But also, can you utilize these tools enough right. to become as professional and, uh, uh, what's it called, proficient, right. the same way you are on physical mediums? I've noticed that there's been, and I mean, this is true for anything, uh, especially in tech, but I've noticed that with specifically digital art, there's been a very interesting, like, curve to uh, the quality of professional work that comes out. So, like, I would say when we were, like, kids to, like, whatever, for, let's say, like, 10 years ago or something like that, yeah. when there was a real kind of high caliber of people that were doing digital art that were, yeah. like, so into it and had been doing it for let's say like five years or so maybe like up to 10 years but typically around like five years or so and they had really like they kind of hit that pinnacle and that sweet spot of being early enough in the game that they were the best with the amount of time and effort that they put into yes. it but they also were ahead of the game because they got into certain technologies early be that the Wacom tablet or whatever like they got those things early on yeah. and they used those things and they got really really proficient at them and that was like there was an echelon of digital artists and stuff that were that yeah. and they worked for everybody and they did everything right and then there's been this group where, like, people after them who started learning, that's a much bigger group. 
And yes. there's a lot more people doing this stuff. But because of that, it's almost like the competition was so high and then it went, like, it's less high now. It's almost easier to get into it with a certain lower level of understanding because there's so much more, such a wider variety of needs within mm. those niches. Like, you don't have to be the best digital artist to be a digital artist. Yes. You can be, like, an okay digital artist and still be a professional. Like, for example, so many people are teaching courses and things like that. Oh, yeah, that's a huge thing. And a lot of those courses are the same, right? Like, they're not necessarily teaching you anything that another person's not teaching you. But there's so much interest in this stuff that they can kind of get in on a lower level and find their niche that's not as high quality or highly whatever as, like, 10 years ago. Well, yeah, it comes down to, see, the thing is that the tools themselves were less available over, like, over time to buy a walk-on tablet and things like that, mm -hmm. whereas now they're under sometimes 50 bucks, sometimes in used second hand, right. things like that. Lower thresholds, Lower, yeah, barrier like, to enter or whatever. And speaking from, at least from my, uh, that uh, digital art world, but also the uh, least camera and film gear and things like that, yeah. even that has changed where it's prosumer tools and everyone has... 4K capability. Yes, right. there's certain variants in terms of uh, 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 color depth and things like that and bit rates and stuff like that, but that threshold to get into this industry has dramatically lowered and the way to sell that work yeah. has, at least for the last over 10 years, has expanded. Right. You know, so anyone can just throw up a GIF or whatever it might be and say, hey, I'm selling this thing. It's going to be on a t-shirt. And be I'm this. a professional. Yeah. Now. And, and there's so much apps that are even forget about you don't have to have Adobe anymore or anything like that to do these you know this artwork or anything like that you can go to places like I don't want to label or, or you know but like Canva you right. know you can just like make clip art yeah. things like that and then take that as whatever format you need the best part is like you know, I learned how to do Photoshop for all that stuff and now I don't use Photoshop I use like Canva yeah. and I use you know Procreate but well, that's a different thing well I don't. See, the, the, but I'm saying for yeah. most of the things that I need on a regular basis, like I'm not a professional graphic designer, yeah. but I do graphic design stuff. Yeah, and yeah like for your, for your needs, stuff. not for someone else. Yeah, for yours. my needs, sometimes for friends, yeah. sometimes for something casual, just yeah. for fun. But because my needs are much more basic to some extent, and I don't really need to be like crazy out of the box creative about this, you know, it just has to look nice and it has to have, and I have like a sense of color and a basic sense of like art direction and whatever. Yeah, that so, doesn't go away, digital no, or not. No, no, but it's way easier even for me. Like I can build that stuff on Canva in like less than five minutes because they have all the assets available for yes. me. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to pick brushes or like upload anything or have anything like pre-made. I don't have to like select layers. It's literally like put this together, shrink it. Okay, I'm done, you know? I agree. And I'm so sure. many people can do that. I was watching a tutorial by this girl on YouTube. Oh my God, we have to talk about YouTube. But <laughs> I was watching this tutorial because I was like, oh, this girl is like a professional maker of, uh, I don't even know, like they're little like, you know those illustrations of girls and stuff just sitting around and they're very like graphic. There's, like, no details, no features. It's, like, color oh, block line graphics. Color block line art. Yeah, yeah. And they're, like, usually quite nice and have, like, a very kind of, um, not even a they're, moody aesthetic. but they're like they're digestible. They're digestible, and they look good graphically in a lot of different places. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I want to see how this is made. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, this is going to be such a complicated process. This girl sat down and did it with her phone. Mm -hmm. Like, with her phone, she was just like, oh, I'm just going to beep, oh, and then just... Like, go around it like this. She but, just used some app. She's like, oh, just download this app, and then just make this. 
Get a photo of yourself and make the shape. I will, I will say I, the way I. Okay, I don't want to. I'm not saying that's good. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm just saying the fact that she made a tutorial for this and has basically a prof. Like, and she said, she said to me, she's like, look, I'm not a professional at this. I didn't study this. I found this app. And this is what I do. And since I've done this, people have come to me yeah. asking me to make this for them for money. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, this is how I do it. Okay. It comes down to. The art that usually sells the most is usually the simplest, easier yeah. to digest art. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't diminish. Um, like back in the days, like my favorite artists were very fucking talented. Very, they can draw three dimensional things, three dimensional people, everything, right? But as they got older, I think I've talked to this before, like I told you this before, like they go, as they get older, they become oh, simplified. Yeah, yeah. yeah it becomes sure. very simplified. And you still know, because you know without. Without them drawing every little detail, you know what they're getting at. They, you know what I mean? Well, that's because literally what they teach you in art is like, well, whether or not this is true is debatable, but there's this kind of saying that like the less information an artist needs to convey a certain point clearly, the more brilliant they are. Which so is why I mean, Matisse was like a genius, even though he literally had like a 10, what was it, 10, it was like a four foot long stick, mm -hmm. and he would literally just stand there like four feet away from his canvas and just like make the squiggles of the model. And it was beautiful. People it's, love it's, it. What it comes down to sometimes in this age, it seems like it's it's not diminishing anyone's talent or anything like that. It's sometimes luck, right place, right time, uh, right adoption if you're yeah. the first to adopt things. Uh, that's not always the case, but a lot of people that are first adopters and utilize the tool properly. Early adopters, they might not research. be the most best artists, but they, they, they tapped into something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some people that are more aware, sometimes sometimes being aware yeah. of the industry and knowing how it works and the history about it sometimes hinders you. So uh, I definitely do think it hinders you because I think you come into something with so many expectations and there's so many preconceived barriers in your head already that you don't even realize what's possible and i think that's where a lot of the time like the the new person is kind of at an advantage because all they have is like their imagination their own limitations um which is something we should all work on but i think that like that's why social media for example came in and really i want to say democratize i don't think that's the right word but it definitely changed the kind of field the creative fields and the things that people have to do. I mean, not only did it add a lot of jobs that never existed before, which in itself changes, like, what we expect from the people that do those jobs. Because, like, obviously it's not office work, right? No, it's not. Some of it is. I guess I should, I guess I should actually well, backtrack. The whole democratizing thing, it's, it allowed smaller companies to get semi-professional work done. Right. You know, back then you would have to go through an established agency to get your advertising done and right. things like that. Even if it was like a, a, a mom and pop, they're at least proficient enough to do that. But now you can hire somebody in another country and get yeah. half or quarter of the price that you would have paid here just to do, you know, basic print work. Maybe not print it, but at least have the files to print it. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I came into this conversation very much thinking like practically like, what can you do as a creative person to who is trying to enter whatever field? What can you do to distinguish yourself as a professional against others? And 
I think that's actually becoming harder and harder because in some ways, in some ways, because you are competing, like you said, on this global scale and you're competing with people who might not actually have the professionalism or the business acumen of mm-hmm. running a business or running some kind of a, an agency or whatever, or even dealing with their own shit, but they have the skills to yes. do the work. Oh yeah. Like there's so much in like, I think I was talking about earlier, there's so much competition, but there's also, there's also more opportunities. Okay. But if, if we're in 2021, the issue becomes if a lot of these small uh, companies or small uh, brands or small stores are losing money because they're not open necessarily. Right. All these people that were getting gigs, small little uh, contracts and things like that, I believe have lost a lot of money. and sometimes don't even have work right now. And there's a lot of people like that. Right. And. So even the professionals are not safe. The previous professionals. No, because now it it affects globally. um, The amount of like, like I said before, it opened up really wide. Yeah. For a lot of people to get work. Right. People that were. But that money is being spread thin. So there aren't like agencies or specific companies. It seems like it's kind of correcting itself. It is. In a sad way that should not happen. It is. But in another way, I think like, there is a good aspect to it, which is that more people across the globe are able to get into these industries and have the opportunity to make work. On the other hand, I think it takes a lot of power away from, I mean, this might be completely wrong, but like, I feel like there was a certain amount of cachet um, and a certain amount of power that came with working for like a bigger agency. Yeah. There was a bit of safety. Yeah. Um, you know that finances are going to be... Like, there's going to be money coming in. You have the reputation. You know that you're going to be working with big brands, probably, or bigger clients yes. that are going to have the money and that are going to give you the freedom to work on certain things. But there's a co- sometimes there's a cost to that because not everyone in that company, even if they have do, the skills, yeah. are not allowed to do the things, like, create things from scratch. Like, I right. had that situation before where right. I... I wanted to create, I wanted to be that guy, like, you know, the Don Draper guy, even though he's not a thing, but to make those uh, decisions and things like that, maybe right. not right away, but at least the path was there. Like as a creative director As a creative or director or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Whereas each, like I said, industry, going the industry way compared to going to the freelance way it has right. its benefits and its, and its shitty things. Okay, let's reframe this question a little sure. bit. Sure. Because we've already, tr- well, I've tried we, we to have... reframe it twice, but it, it's kind of led to yeah. a different thing each time, yeah. which I think is valid. Let's reframe this. Um, if you were to come into this, to do what you were doing before, no, wait, no, 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 let me say <laughs> two different questions. I just confused two different Meaning questions. Meaning if I was in the, in the industry, the way I, like, if I came in no, the industry now when I was younger. Based on the experiences that you've had mm-hmm. already in your life, what do you think are the things across the board that distinguished you as a professional in whatever you did? Did you get the question? Yes. Okay. Ambition, and I didn't. To, to sorry, repeat that again. Sorry, there's so much going on. What is the thing that distinguished you as a professional throughout your career, uh, compared to let's say other people? What What made you stand out as a professional across the board? Uh, I yeah, ambition. I was fearless. Um, I come back to saying the word. I don't give a shit, but um. I just had crazy ideas, and I, I, I a lot of people have crazy, have crazy ideas, ideas, but I just that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but it came down to problem solving. So you I made those crazy at, ideas happen. Yes. So 
So Talk I was good at, I was good at, so, because I started with not a lot of money. I was like mostly broke the majority of the time. So, As we all were. Um, our, our were, whatever. I educated myself to a level that allowed me to dabble in many things. Right. So if one path or one medium or one tool or one whatever did not work, I automatically knew, okay, if that doesn't work, this works. So it's more of, I was good at, I would say my best asset is problem solving. I can solve problems, especially creative problems, either digitally or physically. And even if I'm like thrusted into a new medium or a new industry, right. if I'm given the basic structure of how that industry works mm-hmm. and how things are done, I will most likely find a way to do it, like to do it proficiently. So, so it's more problem solving. I can say my, my skills are more problem solving. So you complete else. whatever tasks you set out to do. You would say. Yeah, unless it's unless at the time it was financial where that's right. the main barrier. The main barrier is financial and in turn that's the tools you can use and who you can contact okay. and who you can hire and things like that. So okay. the, that was a barrier in the beginning. Right. But kind so would you say that it's the fact that you were trustworthy or tr- you were trusted to get things done and you got them done. Unless, of course, there were major barriers that were yes. outside of your control. Anything that was within your yes. control. Yes. So if you, you said something, you completed that thing. Yeah, because I would not say anything that I could not do. Right. And, and if I couldn't, okay. then I would delegate or I would hand it off. And that's another thing, too. I was humble about the things I can do. So knowing, your own, knowing your own strengths and weaknesses is yeah. a big one. I think that's a really good one. Yeah, don't... Don't overcommit yourself, I yes. would say. That's a very newbie thing to do. Yeah. You overcommit hard. You're trying to please, and you're afraid that you're going to lose it. That's another, actually, that's another thing. Fear, the whole comes back to the whole fearlessness yeah. aspect of if you have confidence in your work, it's not being cocky or arrogant or anything, it's more of confidence in your capabilities. Yes. You know what you can do and what you can't do, and if something fails, you know that there's, there's going to be other opportunities. Okay. Okay. So, so far I've got... Um, completion or completionism, um, self-awareness, self-awareness, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. confidence, self-confidence, obviously the background and whatever the thing is that you're doing, proficient in what industry you are. Like if you're not the best, yes. if you're not the best, at least get to an average level of the industry. Yes. Because if you know, like, let's say in, um, currently in film so if you yeah. say in film you know the process of how a film is made or even even something small yeah. like a short film or even an advertisement the process of that is sometimes not as not that different from graphic design to a right. certain degree yeah of course right? it's all interconnected yeah so and they use each other they're you know you're going to use a graphic designer for your film and, and yeah. whatever whatever so the processes are the same it's just the tools are different and there might be an extra step that you might not know so right. make sure you're so aware understand of, the process understand the process of the end result. How do you get to that end result? Okay. Know the beginning Have a plan. End. Have a plan. Have a plan is a good one. And if and you also have to be light on your feet, in a sense, mentally. Do you to, mean like you have to be... Thought process-wise. Uh, Loose. Like you have to be flexible in your approach, and if you need to change that because a problem comes into play. You can't okay. be rigid and you can't be stagnant. So this comes in with the problem-solving thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. problem-solving and flexibility. Yes. Right. Because not everything is going to go your way, even... Most of the time it's not going to yeah. go your way. And the day of, right. as they say, the day of, you have to be adaptive. You have to see things and you have to prepare for things. And it's like, you know, back in the days I used to always bring extra batteries. 
Sorry, the wind isn't being real intense. Yeah, like back in the days, it was I would have to bring big, uh, more batteries and things like that, and you have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Contingency. You always yeah. have to have conting- contingency plans. If you're shooting outdoors and shit doesn't happen, most be films do that. Someone is, someone's job is specifically just to do that. Yeah. You know? Or whether it's a script supervisor or whatever. Like, we, we can't do that shot today. This is what's going on today. Let's go. Come on. We got to keep set up. We got to move up. Move on. I agree. So you have to be adaptive. And even the industries themselves, If that's another thing about uh, being proficient yeah. and being a professional. You have to adapt. Yeah. If you're rigid, the, people are going to see that and they yeah. don't want you around that project or any future project. So that's, a, that's another thing that um, I agree with everything you just said. I would like to add to that that there's a lot of human stuff that we haven't gotten to yet yeah which is super important of course i think for any job um you have the rigidity thing Mm -hmm. is really important i think because a lot of people i think who are creative especially people who are very serious about Mm -hmm. their creative endeavors they can get very stuck in their own heads and they can get very stuck in their own ways which in again is another thing what's up no sorry is battery no 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 just quickly Oh, uh, which I think is another reason why it's sometimes better to have somebody who's a newbie than it is to have somebody experienced. Like, yes. that's, a, that's a different thing, but yeah, sometimes it, people prefer that. It dep- yeah. Because you're not spoiled, quote-unquote. But, but it also depends on the person. See, absolutely. Coming, coming back to that, no, because absolutely. there's a lot of people that are, have been in, the, in these industries for a long time yeah. who are still, in a sense, mentally and, and perf- like, in every aspect, young. Because right. they don't limit themselves, and right. they're not like I know this. Like no, no, but I think that's know? what it is. It's the it's the there's like a student mentality, right? Mm-hmm. You have to always be open to yeah. the idea that somebody else might know more than you do. You're forever. If you want to be in the creative field, or anything creative, you have to be a forever student. You're forever learning. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's like a really big thing. To be a professional is actually to understand, as you've said earlier, your strengths and weaknesses. But oftentimes, like we have a hard time acknowledging our own limitations in something, especially when we've worked really hard to achieve a high level of it. 100%. And it's like, you know, it's so difficult. I, I kind of want to, I don't really feel bad for him, but like, you know, you want to feel bad for the boomers a little bit who've spent like, you know, a long time trying to figure out certain things. And then they realize, Oh man, we're so behind. There's so much to do. I'm not serious. We don't have to go into that. <laughs> no, but like we can, that's, but there is a little bit of that where you're like, I I do understand and I have some sympathy for people who have spent their entire lives working on something and then all of a sudden it changes and they're like, well, I feel too tired to start from scratch. Like, this is too Oh, no, that, in a humanistic, in a human aspect, you, yeah, there's empathy for that because yeah. someone put so much work and effort, but the work... But unfortunately, that's how it is. It's the same as being a doctor, right? Like, well, yeah. you have to keep up with the current news. You cannot be stuck in the science of 50 years ago. You can kill somebody. Absolutely. And there's new technologies that are constantly improving and making things easier and make, well, debatably, but in, in like the creative <laughs> fields, yeah. they're supposed to make our lives easier. They're supposed to kind of move things forward and give you new opportunities. So it, you have to be willing to constantly learn something new. Yeah. You have to be willing to understand that you might not be the best at it. But if you're willing to learn, it's okay. That's a huge part. Being humble. Yeah. yeah. Being humble and coming back to the whole being a, a student uh, for the rest of your life plays a huge role in constantly getting uh, these gigs. If you're a freelancer, especially like that, it's a huge fucking part. And yes, uh, someone's off camera. It's okay, I'm back. Uh, doing some amazing things. Fine, you're good. Uh, 
but yeah, that huge being being humble and having humility and things like that. I would want. I love people that know what they can do, and also tell you, I'm not good at this, but I will kill that. Oh yeah. my god, I will kill that. That makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Working with that person because then they're they're honest and we can actually talk. Yeah. And if they need help, they're open to help. Yeah, I think it ties in a lot with the whole. Um... <sighs> but like. Proficiency. It just it ties into everything we were talking about, basically. Yeah, it's just so. I think a lot of this is just about being kind of like flexible, easy to work with. Not freaking out is a big one. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I think what I was saying earlier in regards to people who are creative and who are really into what they do have a tendency to get a little overbearing about the things that they do and get a little in their heads i'm saying a little but like let's be real (laughs) it happens to the best of us oh yeah and you get really stuck on certain ideas that you have or certain things that you think you should be doing or ways that you should be doing them instead of just kind of going with the flow and i think we've all after a certain while you get used to it because i think one of the hallmarks of being a professional is kind of just being calm no matter what chaos is going on around yeah. you. You know, we've all seen those people who are, like, such veterans yeah. that they just have... They just have no shits. Like, they have no shits to give about anything. They're like, yeah, I've seen this and a hurricane and a flood and a whatever, and we all got out of it and it was fine, you know? And everybody yeah. kind of has those stories after a while of working in these industries. Yeah. It, it comes down to, like, that whole proficiency thing. is like, the best, at least the most professional, professional people are the people that are loose calm chill and the old saying like doesn't have a stick up their ass they know when to get serious and when to relax i've definitely had my moments with that because like (laughs) i'll again this is just my personal story but um i think because i worked in like non-creative jobs for for a long time alongside with the creative jobs so you know anybody who works in like hospitality service industries customer service anything kind of like customer facing yeah you tend to get very i mean again i got very anxious about being around people to some extent and i found that like when i would be on set for example like doing wardrobe or something I would start freaking out when nothing was happening. And you know how film is. It's all hurry up and wait. It's all a yeah, patience game. And the thing is, like, it's very interesting because I find, like, especially in wardrobe, it's all bookended, right? But that's true for a lot of things. Like, maybe not so, so much for cinematography and whatever, but it's a lot of bookending for certain things that you do in film. So for wardrobe specifically, like, you do a ton of work in pre-production. A ton. Like, yes. most of your work is pre-production. And then you have a lot of work at the end dealing with all of it. All and the then, materials and all the returns. Right. Okay. And there's also parts in between where you have like really, really busy periods, right? Like you'll have moments where you're just dressing everybody and then you're fixing everything and then the in-between moments and you're going through. So like there's a lot of busy moments, but then there's times when you're doing nothing. Oh, yeah. Nothing. And at the same time, you have to be aware enough of what's going on that if somebody calls you, you're mm-hmm. on it immediately. you got to be steps ahead. You have to you be... you got to know what's going on that day, right. what scene, what's possibly going to happen... Uh, is that ready? You name but it. But that's, right? again, that's a thing of experience. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like not just professionalism, it's that's experience. It's fear and panic. Yeah, but and I, I would start you can panicking. Learn that. Any, any, anybody can learn that yes. aspect over time. Some people right away know it because, you know. Oh my God, I remember. Okay, so like the last thing I was on set for, 
Okay, so I was telling the story. Let me just retell the story. Yeah. You were working as wardrobe. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I just, I got into the shoot, and it was only, like, two days. But I just, and, like, I was only there to help out, because I was, like, in between jobs, and I had time, and I was like, yeah, why not? Whatever, I'll help out. I come in for a couple of days. The chillest people. Like, love them both. Really lovely. Really relaxed. I was so tense the whole time, because I came, I just had been working for, like, six months as, like, a high-end bartender, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And you know how it is when you work in these places. They're all, like, you have to make sure you look busy all the time. You have to constantly look like you're doing something. And you have to kind of, like, what was it? My very first, not my very first job, but one of my first jobs when I was a teenager, they gave us the motto, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean, baby. So you would not, you're not allowed to be seen not doing anything. And film is not like that. It's like, you get your shit done, but when you are not needed, you fuck off and you do whatever you want. Like, nobody cares as long as you're available for when you need to be Because you're all working as a, see, it's, I've, the way, you're right, the way I view it is like, we're all working as a team. You got your shit. It's done. Yeah, or figure it waiting. out. Yeah, you know. and, and if there's nothing else other than if you're trying to do another uh, dress or whatever it might be, yeah, you might be working on something yeah, else. Yeah, as long as, as, long as, it, as the but... boom doesn't hear you, you know. Not, but realistically, you know. like you can go out for a coffee for a few minutes, or you can go out like depending. Do some... But depending yeah, on your it depends, position, it depends. depends on your position. No, 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 no. True, but what I'm saying is sometimes there are times literally when they don't need you. Yeah, like, they just don't need you. They're like, we're good. Go out. You have thirty minutes. We don't need wardrobe for now. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. My point is just like. There are these times that I didn't have to do anything. And mm. I was told, you don't have to do anything. Mm. Like, point blank, I was told, just relax. And I could not relax for the life of me. Because I was just expecting somebody to be like, so are you working? What are you doing but here? Why are thing. we paying it, it's you? Because, like, it's because that old mindset yeah. was ingrained in you. And that's what I'm and saying. And that slowly uh, and I remembered, after a while. And after I, like, came back and I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? Like, they're not paying me to be, like, neurotic. They're paying me to do a certain job. Yeah. And as long as I do that job and I don't get in anyone's anyone else's way and I do that job well, don't care what I'm doing in the off time. I could be on my phone. I could be reading. Well, Somebody was reading a book. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, that's the beauty of the creative field compared to, you know, the employee 9 to 5 thing. Yeah, well, that's why I could never, I could never yeah. anymore do the 90, 9 to 5. I've done the 9 to 5 twice. I've done the 12 hour thing. Yeah, I've done that. Weird. I've definitely done that. Interesting. Mm. And labor, obviously labor, and death defying, you know. Yeah. But the fact, like I said, it comes down to... <laughs> It comes down to what style of work or fu- the way you function. Mm-hmm. That's the way. That's you got to find an industry for yourself that functions in a way that you function. That makes sense. And you to will me. succeed. I agree with that. In that way. Would you say that there are any glaring differences in regards to the kind of professionalism um, in the jobs that you've done that were not creative versus the ones that were creative? Um. Let's see. So, when I look at when I look at graphic design or film or advertising, like they're all real within the same realm to a certain yeah. degree, because they're all getting to a same visual point, whether it's a still or whether it's a, you know, a moving image. Right. The process is relatively the same for the most part. It's just maybe less people or less hands will go. It'll go through less hands. But those. Those. Sorry. The question was. 
So do you think that, like, are there any major differences between what professionalism is defined as, or that in your experience, are there any differences between professionalism in creative fields versus other jobs that you've done? Yes. Okay. So other jobs, there's usually, it's weird, depending if it's a labor intensive thing, yes, there's a, there's a safety uniform. That's one. Okay. Two. So uniforms. Is that also equates to the regular non-creative jobs, which is a nine five, you need a uniform. Whether right. it's safety or sometimes an image thing, like an office thing. Yeah, you might not need a uniform uniform, but you definitely need a style. It's a social, you need to fit into a, a certain kind of dress. uniform. Yeah. And like I said, majority of the time, you're not left alone alone. Like, yeah. you, someone's always on your ass. Yes. When it comes to a 9 There's to 5 job. There's someone supervising you. Like, yeah. Unless in micromanaging yeah. you. Unless in creative fields, like you're a new intern and things like that. Yeah. yeah. You need to learn the ropes. But once they see you're proficient enough, they leave you the fuck alone. As sure. long as you get the task done. Yeah. They're not going to, for the most part, they shouldn't be assholes and they shouldn't say, oh, you should be doing this. If you haven't given me any other tasks. So they're more lenient in the creative field compared to True. a regular nine to five where True. you have to look like, you've seen a lot of movies like Office Space and things like that, where they're like, yeah, I didn't have to watch it. I've looked it. They're looking at the boss. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's like you, and you don't feel productive in those realms, in my opinion, because you don't feel like you're really adding to this whole process. Whereas in the creative field, you're going from project to project. Like there's an actual end. Yeah. There's an end to this. Yeah. You have a, you have like a feedback mechanism built into it. Plus you get um, a sense of achievement that really helps boost you up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're part of an integral piece. Yeah. Even location supervisors, there's an integral piece to them. Yeah. Without them, how are we going to logistically get to these places or set up things or what you name it? Yeah. So everybody's importance where sadly, I'm not saying not everyone's, but it, it tends to be that person's redundant in nine to five jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody, I mean, yeah, realistically robots could probably do a lot of those jobs, but I don't, I, I, I'm, unless uh, they're sales sadly, jobs. Sadly. Yeah. Sales, that takes another, that sales also is a problem solving. In my opinion, so, problem it solving. Is. You need to quickly, depending on who you're selling to. It is. It's to. just way too anger-driven. There's too much, like, testosterone-driven. <laughs> it's too much, like, pushing things you don't, I well, don't yeah, really believe in. yeah, male and female and whoever, you know? There's Actually, just certain, like, mm, like, I have to get this done. Obviously, I'm, I'm being, you know, yeah. facetious a little bit. But um, I think the thing with sales, just to touch on that quickly, and I think everybody kind of eventually understands this when they understand sales, that sales is everything. So when we say sales, we're really talking about pushy salesmen that try to sell us products that we don't need or want. That's a negative connotation, usually. But the reality is that we're all salesmen. Yes. We're, everybody's a salesman. You're always trying to sell yourself. You're trying to sell your ideas. You're trying to sell your belief systems. Whatever that. Your skill whatever set. You're doing, your skill your proficiency. Set. Yeah, yourself. Like whatever you are doing, most of the time, upon interacting with other people, you're probably selling yourself. Unless, of course, you're just shooting the shit. But that's... You're still trying to sell some ideas, probably. You're still trying to explain something to somebody or show them your own point of view, which is really... It's no different than what sales really is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, okay, so that was one question. What was the other question? What would you say there's they have in common? Like, what would you say creative versus non-creative jobs have in common in regards to being a professional? <sighs> It, showing up on time <laughs> yeah punctuality is a huge thing it's like i know i know we didn't even touch on these things but there are some basic things well those should be under like no not they're not okay. though let's get let's get okay. to the nitty-gritty the okay. really nitty-gritty okay 
being on time is standard for any job. Anything someone's hiring for that yeah. is not your own necessarily. Yeah. It's you need to be there on time. So punctuality and things. Here's like that. what I'm gonna say though. People say be early, and I say no. Be on time. I don't give a shit if you're early. That does not impress me. It just shows me that you're bad with with managing your time. I'm not saying you should never be early. It depends I'm on your job, say- though. Mm-mm-mm. It depends on your job because Mm-mm. sometimes you need to prep. Certain people need to yes, prep. Yes, but then that's not early. Then you're yeah, showing yeah, right. up on actually, time no, to do your own yeah, work. That is actually your time. My point <laughs> is, if there's a specific time you got to be somewhere to do something, mm-hmm. be there for that time. But don't show up 20, 30 minutes early because you think you're going to impress somebody because you're just standing out in the hallway. Because you know what? They're probably not going to be there until 15 minutes after. So... <laughs> You can be there on, like, on time. You absolutely must be there on time. But, like, and, okay, I'm not going to be, like, don't show up five minutes early. That's just normal, because you're going to probably leave the house early mm-hmm. to go wherever you need to go. Just to, just to, just to make sure you get there yes. on time. You want, you might be early. That's fine. So, let's settle that. Just, just be on time. Just be on time. Just be on time. No, I just think that there's this ridiculous expectation that people should be early. It's like, no, just no, be on time. look, there's, there's a certain... Don't be annoying. Be on time. <laughs> okay. Don't be a kiss ass in my opinion oh i agree yeah don't do that if you're proficient enough and you're good at what you do people will see that and they will see your value but there's a flip side to that if you look if you want to show off there's a certain level of showing off your skills and things like that yeah and saying look what i did you know that, but you can be friendly degree, about that yeah you don't have to be like <sighs> yeah there's so much stories but just you know the you know the same just don't be a kiss ass really yeah. just keep it simple keep it humble it's okay to show your work. Hey, I, I'm finished this. What else? You know? Be like that. Like, keep it simple. Yeah. Be understated. You know? Like, just don't... Yeah, you don't have to you know. be less than you are. Definitely don't belittle yourself to make anybody else feel better. Oh, don't... Don't do that. Jesus. But also, like, don't make out like you're the only person who's ever watched a Fellini film or whatever. Like, you know, I'm saying this because we were talking about film, but, like, yeah. there's definitely those people who just... Again... I don't want to, like, rag on 16-year-olds because we've all been there. We've all been that person who's like, well, let I mean, me be impressive. Well, yeah, when you're when you're a kid, you're trying to, for the most part, one-up people and things like that. But, again, you I would argue... That. I did this. I would argue that is a sign of a newbie rather than a That's a maturity. That's, that is that's, a maturity. That's, that's, that's... I think, ultimately, that's what this conversation is about. Mm. It's not even... I mean, okay, maybe not. No, yeah, not it could completely. be. Maybe we're wrapping up. We went from this way and we came back yeah, out. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, professionalism is really about maturity in your work. Experience. And then this is, yeah. But it's not always, yeah, no, sorry. It's okay. not always, it's not always experience of job experience. No. It's sometimes life experience. Life helps. experience because you're really, if you're, look, if you're by yourself on your computer and you're just creating art and you never really physically talk to anybody. Yeah. Or even if it's Zoom. Yeah. The point is, at the end of the day, you're going to be working oh, with I'm somebody. Frozen. At the end of the because maybe the Wi Fi or whatever it was. But at the end of the day, yeah. you're working with, at the end of the day, you're working with Zoom. And it's it's not. Sorry, I don't. It was that. like Zoom. I was like what? Zoom, Zoom. No. <laughs> zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Uh, take two. Okay. At the end of the day, you're working with people. Yes. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, I was How like, did people turn to zoom? zoom? I know. I looked this way and I looked that way and I got lost zoom? and I was like, Zoom was the last thing that's in my mouth. Uh, okay, let's that do that again. Okay. Blue, blue, blue. Okay. At the end of the day, you're really working with other people. People. So you need people skills. It doesn't, sometimes it's a matter of that than having, uh, you know, being in the same industry for years mm. or that type of experience. It's just not being an asshole. Mm. Just being uh, competent, being thoughtful, 
uh, empathetic, respectful. respectful. That's a big one. You know, knowing uh, what the job is, being yeah. educated. You, you don't have to have a degree, but being educated in that field. You know what I mean? You could do that nowadays yeah. more easily. You don't have to go to school for it. That was our old conversation, previous episode, which you should watch. But it's just being knowledgeable. Yeah. And you can also be, you know, have... And take it seriously. Take, take it seriously. Treat it like a job, but like, you know, obviously that's kind of a little bit... And tell people you're good at this but... and not that, but not in a dickish way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. tell them, you're. I'm good at this, but I know I'm not good at that. I might need your help with this. People will love you more honestly, and they will be genuine to you because you're showing your weaknesses and you're showing that you're human. I agree. You I know? agree. And you're approachable. Yeah. Rather than being some person who thinks they know everything. I know everything. I know everything. Nobody likes that person in my opinion. I'm totally that person. <laughs> well, I'm unfortunately that this person. Maybe I've learned some things. Today, the more you know. Okay, I'm going to just say right now, I don't try to be that person. I just really hate it when people say stuff and it comes out of their ass because they have no idea what they're talking about. And so I have the need to correct everybody, even when nobody wants to be corrected. Like, I'm that person who corrects people's grammar. I've gotten a lot better at it. I don't do it as often. But oh my god, does it take every fiber of my being to stop myself from correcting people. <laughs> like, I, I know, when people talk about, like, obnoxious, oh my god, this person is just such a semantic whatever, and, like, but it's sad pedantic to say, look, and... But it's sad to say, majority of the time, yeah. people would rather have that crazy person yeah. than the person correcting them. And you know why? Because humans are already frustrated yeah. in their daily lives. Okay, but and then don't like, make, don't, don't I say know, stupid I know, things. Like, I know, I mean, I know. Okay, I know, well, that's, that's I, know, I agree. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's a middle ground. Well, this is why, this is why I'm a, I'm a better boss than I am employee. Well, there you go. That's because another thing. That's another thing. I Knowing can your correct skill set. people there, there you go. and it's okay. Knowing your skill sets and what positions you're good at. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm fine as an employee. I just, uh. I, I learn. I learn to keep my mouth shut at the forever right student. Forever student. No, but that's the thing. To be honest, like, I think that that is something that I learned professionally as much as, like, I'm not only half joking about this. I am that person, but I've also learned when to keep my mouth shut. Because sometimes you can correct the situation and it works fine. Oh, and no, it's no, like that, it's that's great. perfect because it's needed. Yeah, but... There's nothing wrong with that. So when you're new, I think it's hard to know when it's the right time and when it's not. And but that's the... That's the... That's, that's, that's the that's learning. A human, that's the professional. That's the professional. And it that's, comes down yeah. to the whole human thing where you gotta know when to shut the mm up. Yeah. And when to, like, give your advice. Yeah. Even if it's fearful, like, you're afraid to do it. And it's hard. Because you don't yeah. want to lose your job by speaking up and... But maybe that could be the biggest thing that made your career. Yeah. By you saying, uh, I don't think we should do that. But also give the reasons why. But how often does that happen, actually, do you think? That's, that's like, a legitimate question. Like, I want to really, believe that. I know, but, but it really comes down to... Who are you around? Yes. But if, then, you know what? If it doesn't work out, did you really want to be read there? Read the room. Did you really want to be there? If, you're, if you have a legitimately good suggestion for something, and you come if you come to it respectfully, and you're like, hey, I was thinking... But that also comes down to um, knowing when to not give a shit. Yeah, but I'm saying because okay. if you gave your advice, anyone's like, "What the f are you talking about?" And you're like, "Oh, and sorry." Like, yeah, that's cool, man. Just, and just, just like, let it go and just like, keep going. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. like, I think there's it? a difference between that mm -hmm. and being, you know, if you're gonna do something, if you're gonna put yourself out there, just commit. I say commit. Okay, but but I think you gotta be strategic about it, and you yes. can't just like jump head first. But sometimes you gotta though. 
But it doesn't mean um, you're not thinking. It doesn't mean that you're not thinking ahead of time. I think when you time. say jump head first, you're saying you're not thinking through it. You're just kind of going for it without thinking through the whole thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's no, how I, I read that. The way I, the way I, because like I said, I'm speaking about my own experiences. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm very strategic, but I'm also. I also know that if I keep holding things back mm-hmm. or not saying things that need to be said or whatever it might be, or yeah. you know, help somebody, even though it's not your job, sometimes depending on which industry. You can't. It'll, you won't progress. Okay. Until you need these risks. You Fine. need to take these risks. Yeah, but to I still, progress. I still think that Maybe there's a way to do else, those things. Yes. You you can and should take risks. Yes. But there's a difference between going up to somebody and being like, "Hey, you know what? You should do this," and then being like, "Hi, you dear up, professor, you, you come up to the professor, <laughs> sir, director, person." You, like you basically, sun them, and you're like, you know. You give them a coffee, you give them a warm beverage because people respond better when they're holding a warm beverage than when they're holding a cold what? one. <laughs> that's, that is that's a horrible. psychological research. No, that, yeah, but that's no, it's my, true. From my view, also, after lunch, so you approach your professor director after lunch, you hand them a cup of warm beverage. And then you give bad news, like, what? You give bad no, news? No, no, and then you go, hey, I was thinking, um, how about, just a thought, this might be cool. And then you tell them the thing. And while they're busy drinking hot beverage, they'll be like, hmm. You know what my mind is? It's a great idea that, that I have. And my, then they'll never speak to you again. I don't know about that because <laughs> okay. my mind goes straight to. No one's really going to do this, but I don't know why my mind goes straight to that person's going to throw coffee at you. <laughs> no! <laughs> I think of like, I think of like comedies and it's like, ah, it's like dark comedies in my mind all the time. Yeah, so like, I get that. You know, it's like. That's very much a Bojack um, Horseman moment. Yeah, I think. it's like, yeah. you know what? Um, it's just in your mind, it's like imagine, the inner monologue. It's like, do you remember hey. Diane not watching the cables and then somebody trips on the thing and spills hot coffee on the actress's face and then she burns her beautiful, beautiful face and then Diane is like, replaced by a sign that says do not trip that's that that's basically that <laughs> but it's also the fact that it's like um, i don't know it's 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 a weird thing it's yeah but just someone holding coffee and you're giving them whatever th- like an advice or whatever it might be mm. idea that you most likely feel that they're not going to receive well right or you know take that whatever it might be and you think of the worst things and that's mm. human nature you always think of self-preservation mm. and you're giving somebody coffee warm if it was water i'd be like yeah here have this giant jug of like big gulp and it's just water but if i'm giving somebody coffee i don't know that's just my mind that's just my weirdness people that's just the way my mind goes i love it and especially if you're giving like i like sorry i come from an uh ethnic family and it's like granted it never happened but in my mind it's like you give your mom coffee and you're like and then she spills you know it what? on you you know what it didn't happen but i was like you know what I failed and I'm running away from home and whatever it might be. I don't know. Just the list goes on. She's like, <gasps> wow, there's so much to unpack there. You know, Even as a non It's never happened to, to me. Well, still really, but I don't know dark. why that comes oh, into bruh. my mind. That's what I was saying. Different minds. So <laughs> I like my version of it. hilarious because. I'm just imagining like a, like somebody's just like, hi, so coffee, so ideas. That's then, a very film, film, I think that's like adopted from film because it's usually like, it always works that way. When in fact, the reality is like there's several conversations. Yeah. And it's fearful. No, no. At first you give them a coffee, they ignore you and walk away. Yeah. And then the second time. They you say try, thanks. You, oh, you thanks. kind of like, you walk up to them and you're like, um, you just sit down and you're like, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did you? I got an extra coffee. Did that's you want bad. one? Okay, that's sorry. so bad. That's a <laughs> I film. Don't know. That's a. Like I said, that's well, a film. Like it's you, so like this is like you trying to appeal to somebody nah, as well, a you newbie. Do? You're failing. You. Yeah, fail I would a say here's, here's my here's my weirdness. Here's my weirdness. I would say forget about the scolding face thing. I would Thank say. Thank God, I wanted to. <laughs> I would say you know you sit down and you go. You start. You just sit beside them, and you just start start drinking. Yes, it's forced and it's, it's intimidating, but just like, <laughs> no, no, I'm okay with that. I'm just trying to figure out how you're gonna offer. Them and then they're gonna go. Um, no, but you have another coffee here. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna ask you. Oh, who's the second one for? For you. Oh, this cool. Yeah, here. Oh, thank you. Who's the weirdo that just carries two but, coffees but, but around? You were the no one reason. that did like. Oh, oh, this. <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> well, that's a joke. That is cringy. Obviously, it's, it's not a even joke. It's so cringy. It's like a, it's like a sitcom. That's the point. It's a sitcom. <laughs> the point is that if you don't know any better, okay, you know what you're. And you can make a joke from the thing. It's like you know. It's like here's my two glasses, and it's like, who's that for? Oh, for me. You know. You know. No, I would just be very weird and be like, they're like, oh, who's that for? I'd be like. For you. <laughs> that, okay, if you can pull that off, if you can pull that off, by all means, I say do that. I feel like that would be what I that, would do. But that's what I'm trying to say. If you're going to go awkward, <laughs> go, go real really awkward. awkward. There you I go. do you that well. commit, but that comes down to, comes, comes okay. to the back to committing. But that's also like, you got to be okay with understanding that this person might never speak to yes. you again. You are not just committing, you are risking. That, I don't know if I would recommend that to people. I would say most of the time what really works is the other stuff we talked about. So do we want to yeah. like do a quick recap before yeah, so we sure. wrap this up? All right. Would you like to? Just uh, from my side. I will speak from my side. It'll yeah. be, don't be an asshole. Uh, be a student forever. Be proficient. Um, take it easy. Know when to chill the fuck out. and um... Take it easy and know when to chill the fuck out is one. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. is technically one, yeah. Yeah. So I'm rewording things. <laughs> so it's four. Um, what's it called? Know when to speak up and when not to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't speak up. It just, know when it's not worth it. Read the room. And it, Yeah, read the room. That's a good one. Read the okay. room. Okay. Yeah. Those are your five? Um, or... I think the education part, I already talked about it. Yeah, yeah. you did. And, um, yeah. Okay, we did top five things. Then we're doing top five things. My top five things is... Uh, be on time. <laughs> I think that also refers to deadlines, though. Be yeah. on time. Just yeah. be on time. Like, you do but not have I, to be early. The reason why that's not in my mind, it's just second nature. Cause I know, but we, we you, you'd be surprised. And also, True. like, look, here's the thing. I'm going to be serious here and say I haven't always been on time with everything. And that's, like, those are not good times. Mm. There's been times when I've had to delay something because I had too many things on my plate. And... It's that's, okay that's because I've told them ahead of time. But yes. let me just say what I learned from that is give yourself extra time. Yes. Give yourself a buffer. And I figured that out eventually. But I would say, like, just work on being on time. If you say you're going to do something at a certain time, try to do it at that certain time. If you're going to, if you have to be somewhere, be there at that time. Try not to, like, reschedule, delay, all that kind of stuff. Because eventually, even if you're doing it genuinely because, like, you have very good reasons, mm-hmm people will eventually get tired of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I haven't done it a lot, but it's happened to me a couple of times, and honestly, like, I could feel it. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, the pain. Like, yeah. I, you know, and it's fine. Of course, things happen in real life, but just be on time. Just be on time. I'm going to say that's, that's like, an important one. Yeah. I would say um, confidence. Work on developing enough confidence in what you do that you are not constantly terrified of whatever you have second to. guessing your own skills yeah. even though you might don't be second guess yourself and everything um 
you mentioned this, but I'm going to say fearlessness. Mm-hmm. But this also goes together with confidence. If you're confident in what you do and in yourself, you're going to learn to be fearless when you're going into new new adventures or new, new projects, projects or yeah. whatever. Um, so that's three. But also allows you, that fearlessness allows you to adapt if that one, I don't know, medium or whatever it might be doesn't work out. Flexibility and adaptability. Um, so be aware that things might not work out the way that you expected and have a contingency plan for as many things as you can. Mm-hmm. Eventually you'll get used to it. Plant many seeds. Plant many seeds. Um, and I would say not necessarily be a jack of all trade, but understand the system in which you work to yes. the best of your ability. Educate so yourself. educate yourself, understand that things are inter- interconnected and how all of those things affect the product that you're ultimately working on because the end of the day we're all working on some kind of product mm. whatever that may be and just know all the things that flow into that final product and how you play a part in that and that will make your job ultimately a lot less stressful a lot easier and a lot clearer um yeah those are my five things okay well all right thanks for joining us my thank you guys and uh we'll see you again.